Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, a mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and today a podcast studio arranger up until about five minutes ago. And it is a work in progress and will probably be rearranged before our next interview with Jill Smokler in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster care advocate. And this week, I'm a plant doctor trying to help everything recover from the freeze. It all looks real, real bad. Oh. But we are not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about <laughs> Jen Man and Midlife Bites. I'm holding it up right now. We are so excited to welcome back Jen Man. Anyone who's watching, we're all holding up our copies. Um, she was our very first guest, like, a real guest on a real episode. We had like three intro episodes and then episode four was Jen. It was exactly what? a year ago too. That's yes. crazy. Yeah. Yes. So she is back. She's going to be, um, we're working on like the Saturday night live, you know, they do the five timers club and they get the jacket <laughs> and they make a big deal out of it. So you're on your way to the five timers club. That's so uh, cool. Okay. So I'm going to do a little refresher for people who are listening and may not know Jen, which I don't know how that is, but yes, uh, Jen Mann is known for her wildly popular blog, people I want to punch in the throat. She is the author of the New York times bestseller people I want to punch in the throat. She is also the editor of the New York Times bestselling I Just Want to Pee Alone series, and she lives in Kansas with her husband and two children, and now she's the author of Midlife Bites, Is Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? And we're going to talk about the book a lot today, that's why you're here, but I just want to say before we get started that it's so funny, but also I cried, and I cried these tears of like knowing and mm. being known, so well done, and welcome back. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, my goal is make you laugh or make you cry or both at the same time. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. It goes there. We're going to talk about that. But first of all, okay, so the book was just released last week, January 4th, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And even before the release, I was seeing these pictures of you all over social media. And I was like, wait a minute, I recognize that woman. First of all, it was you. And then Christian Van Ogtrop, who is another one of our previous mm -hmm. guests. Okay, I see her book there behind <laughs> yes. you. We've got our series of books over here, right here. But you and Kristen were at Zibby Owens' for some amazing shindig for the authors of books that she had selected for Katie Couric's in huge. Katie Couric Media's list, right? As far as the books that you need to read in 2022? Well, it was kind of two different things. Yeah, so I met Zibby a few months ago when I was trying to find people to blurb for Midlife Bites. Mm -hmm. And I found Zibby, I think like all of us do, we all listen to her podcast, probably. Um, yes. Moms don't have time to read. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could like get her to blurb my book? But, you know, she does really big deal people. And so you're a big deal person. I'm like uh, a yeah. minor deal. Like I will, <laughs> I will admit, like, I am like, I'm like a minor deal. Like there are some doors that will open, but you never know. So I sent off, you know, an email and a book and a, a wing and a prayer. And then she came back and said she was a little bit late. And so she was like, oh, shoot. You know, I think I missed the deadline but I love this book. Could I blurb it still? And I was like, absolutely. 
And she gave me this amazing blurb and wrote me this beautiful email about it. And just was really, she's such a champion of books in general, but she just really connected with Midlife Bites. And then I was already going to New York in early December. I was going to go see Faith Saley. Mm -hmm. I blurbed her book, which is called Approval Junkie. And she had turned it into a one woman show off Broadway. And so I was already going to New York to see Faith's show. And I sent Zibby an email and said, hey, could I take you out for a cup of coffee? I'd love to meet you in person. And then that's when she came back and said, I'll do you one better. I will have a luncheon in your honor for you and Kristen. So we did. She had, and then the Katie Kirk list came out like before, like maybe a week or two before that. And she'd already been working on that. But that was really cool too, that she included me on that list, that she included Midlife Bites on that list. But the luncheon was kind of different and it was more just like a midlife midlife lady luncheon and that's um, even better yeah like at her gorgeous home and she invited several of her friends and neighbors and that kind of thing and we just had a really fun time and it was the first time I'd really gotten to talk about midlife bites so it was kind of interesting because I kind of had to figure out what my narrative was and what I'm going to say about it and but I didn't have books yet the book wasn't out yet so shoot yeah. So now like, if you're listening to me, I want to come back and we'll do another one. <laughs> I love, well, you know what? I already did reach out to her too, because yeah. I was listening to her on the hashtag am writing podcast mm-hmm. and she has a really fascinating story. So as much as I love like all her podcasts and would love to talk about that, I just think she has a really, you know, four kids, yes. a really interesting story as far as she's in an a position where because of her father and the way that, you know, financially, She's kind of pretty set. She's got the nice apartment. But instead of just, you know, resting on that and being like, oh, I'll just go hang out and travel or whatever. Like she works as if like as if she's paycheck to paycheck. Like she really works for it. And I just I love that about it. And I I just I'm really curious what in her is that, you know, that drive to. Well, I think it's funny because so many people saw the photos that we put up and they were all just like, what was it like? You know, what was, <laughs> what was she like? She is such a tireless worker and she's so down to earth too. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I went, mm-hmm. you know, I'm up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan and I showed up at her apartment and the, the, the floor mat outside the door, I took a picture of it and I put it on the social media because it said, you know, there's a whole bunch of kids up in here or something like that. Where yeah. just, you know, and I was like, okay, she's my people. Like, it doesn't she's matter okay. what's behind yeah. this door. Like, I don't care what she yeah. lives like, but yeah. it, um, but she's so generous with her time and her space. I mean, she invited all these people into her home and it welcomed them and fed them. And then, but what cracked me up was that, you know, she, we were there for a certain time. And I really wasn't sure I, you know, I was sort of like, I'm here as long as you want me to be here, you know, kind of thing. Like I, I got nowhere to be. And then she came back and people, you know, the the event was over, but people are still visiting because again, it's like this gorgeous space. Why wouldn't you stay and hang out and be comfortable? And she came back and she was like, oh, you guys are welcome to stay, but I'm going to head upstairs. I have to record a podcast. Like, and then she'd already mentioned that she had something going on that night. Oh my gosh. And I was like. If I was having a luncheon at my house for like 30 people, like that's all I would do that day. Like, yes. I was like and I'm spent. <laughs> so, so I just admire her work ethic and like, you know, and now she's started her own publishing company mm-hmm. and I'm on the advisory board for that, which was a huge amazing. honor to be invited to do that. So oh, she's how just, amazing. She's just a really cool person. Yeah. I got that feeling. And I just think yep. that she has a really interesting story and just yeah. too. Yeah. 
Anyway, we're talk here to talk about you, though, yes. not Zibby. So for it's people okay. to talk about Zibby when she's on the show. <laughs> Everybody always wants to know about her. <laughs> I know. She seems really interesting. So, But for people who have not read the book, oh, so good. So good. But anyway, so we don't want to give it all away. But just for some of you who want to know a little bit more about it, I'm going to read part of the back copy. So it's for women who may feel isolated or overlooked. This collection of original essays offers valuable insights, takeaways, and most important, a productive way forward. Jen shares her own story as well as advice and wisdom from the online community she built, tackling everything that bites about midlife where nothing is off limits. It is a really <laughs> vulnerable book. Yes, this is this is different for you. You go there. And yeah, you say in the intro to the book that it's a departure for you. And it, I yeah. mean, I was really like, whoa, she wasn't kidding. It really is. So what did it feel like to, to make that change and to <laughs> share in this way that you don't necessarily always do. And then yeah. also, if you have uh, three easy steps for being more vulnerable, uh, <laughs> Missy and I would really like those. Yeah, <laughs> Just right? fix us now. Well, I think that's the thing, you know, coming out of people I want to punch in the throat, writing that for years where, you know, I'll tell you all you want to know about like my vagina, but then like, <laughs> but if we're going to talk about like, you know, how I'm really feeling, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, and that was really kind of hard for me. Like, I'm really good at making jokes about stuff and I'm really good at sort of like diverting the conversation or keeping mm -hmm. it, you know, you think, you know, me, but maybe there's a lot of stuff that I don't tell you, but you know me but you don't know me mm -hmm. so that was interesting so when i wrote and i'm and the the book came from a blog post mm -hmm. so i was feeling overwhelmed and i was feeling all this stuff and i realized i hadn't been talking about it to anybody not to my husband that's my friends nobody and i'd sort of kind of whispered it a little bit to some close friends and i was like hey is are you guys like anybody else kind of going crazy you know and this was all mind you this was all pre-pandemic too so it's like i mean now we're all crazy like that just <laughs> before we all truly like went now we've insane. all gotten there but before yeah. this this is when everybody was still kind of pretending like the world wasn't on fire yet yeah and <laughs> You know, and I wrote about it on the on my blog on people I want to punch and throw. And when I hit publish that night, I just thought I'm either going to start a really important conversation, which yikes, hopefully I, I'm ready for it, or I've just blown up my humor career. Like we'll see. And <laughs> yeah, and luckily, um, my editor at Random House, Pamela Cannon, she read it. She follows my blog, and she read it, and she sent me an she sent me an email within an hour or two, and was like, "This is what." your next book should be about. Like, this is what we've been waiting. Mm -hmm. And we'd been kind of trying to figure out, you know, I, I, I only have so much people I want to punch and throw inside of me, you know, like I only have right. so many stories <laughs> I can tell. And so we'd been kind of brainstorming where to go next. And so this just seemed like the natural transition, but because it wasn't like my idea, like normally I conceive of my own books. Like I already know what I'm going to write. I already know what it's going to look like. And so for this one, you know, it just was this blog post and I'm like, what kind of book, what, what, what am I going to write? And so, yeah. and so she worked a lot with me on that. And she was, and this is our third book together. We've done mm -hmm. two other um, people. I want to punch and throat books together. And I think that helped a lot too, because, you know, I would send it off and, you know, I'd send off the draft and I'd be like, okay, it's good. It's really good. It's done. You know? And then she'd come back and she'd be like, they more vulnerable. <laughs> 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 so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can do it. I know you can do it. And so she kind of, you know, she, she pushes, um, and she knows where to push me and she knows kind of what I 
like what I'm capable of and, and maybe what would be too much, you know, she'd be like, or maybe don't, if that's, you know, too much for you. But I really credit her for kind of keeping me, keeping me honest and keeping me sort of open. Cause I would have a tendency to like close off and, and she's just like, nope, nope, nope. And then as we progressed, I would get to a point where I would have it almost done. And then I would have like this epiphany where I'd be like, nope, I have to, I have more mm-hmm. to say about that. And so mm-hmm. I would email her and I'd be like, Hey, I need another like couple of weeks. Cause I actually just thought of something really great that I want to put in the book. And because she knows me well enough, she was like, okay, I trust you like go for it. And so, so we could kind of work together, but it was, it was very much, it was the most collaborative book I think I've done ever. And just to have someone else to kind of call you out a little bit helps you know (laughs) it's I mean but that's it's wonderful but it's a little painful too because Mm -hmm. I actually had that once I think it was at a mom two session and KJ Delantonia and Wendy Ahrens who are two friends of mine but they were on the panel and they were reviewing essays I believe and it Uh was and they had selected one of mine and you know they were like oh it's got you know a nice voice it's humorous they're like but what's the next level and I mean, and it's the same thing, like you were saying, I will talk about my hemorrhoids. I'll talk all day about those. But if someone wants to talk about like my fears or my, yes. you know, these types of things, it's I'm like, no, it's okay. Let's just talk about my butt some more. <laughs> like, right. No, exactly. Like, <laughs> I am. That is how I deal with anything stressful is I crack jokes. You know, like I mm-hmm. will like at, like at my parents' funeral, like I will have like a tight 15 minutes that I'll be able to do. Like, <laughs> and I'll just be like, how about this? You know, my parents are dead. <laughs> you know, like I have funny stories all day, but like, I will not stand up there and cry. And be like my dad was amazing. Like that just mm-hmm. is not like who I can <sighs> who I am and who I can be, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard. But then also though, it was like really cathartic, like, because then I'd get through it and I'd write it all. And I'd be like, and I feel better, you know, like, cause I think writing is my form of therapy. And so to sort of put it down on paper and to figure out how I really feel and then to deal with it. Cause I think that's the other thing is like, Mm -hmm. when you push these feelings down. And that's what I had been doing for years was sort of pushing it all down and cracking jokes and covering it up. And that kind of thing that it was like, no, you have to like actually confront who you are and figure out what you're doing. And before we make listeners think that this is like a total downer book, it's still funny. I mean, it's still funny, funny. but it doesn't lead with humor. It leads with vulnerability and heart, but it also, I mean, you, you can't do something and and, yeah, it's trademark Jen. Well, I think it's interesting too. And I think it depends on who's reading it because so far I've had mostly women interviewing me about the book. Right. And Mm -hmm. women were all like, oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. You know, it's, it's poignant and it's vulnerable, but it's really, really funny. Uh And then the other day I had a, I had a radio interview here in Kansas city with a guy who we, every book I've ever had, he's interviewed me. I mean, we know each other really well. We've had lots of conversations, but he starts in with, well, this book really isn't funny. And I was like, well, (laughs) I'm like, cause you're a dude. (laughs) you don't get it ask your wife if she thinks it's funny (laughs) yeah exactly but he but he said he's like you don't lead with the funny and I'm like and I don't I did though because then another guy later that day I was interviewed by another man my second my third I've only had three men interview me about this book so far and my third man the third man liked it because I opened with uh something about getting kicked in my lady garden and so (laughs) you know and I did know that I did know I wanted to sort of like open it with like you know, a punch, literally like a people I want to punch in the throat kind of, but then kind of really get into it. And it did, we did, that was something Pamela and I really 
tried to balance out too, is that we kind of, we wanted it to be serious, but I also, I was like, we got to start laughing by like page 20 or else I'm going to lose everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's a balance, but it is, I think it's very funny and I'm glad it's funny because again, I think the last probably two rewrites at least were all during like lockdown and Mm you know, and it's like, and everyone was terrified. Not that we're not scared now, but we were so much more frightened back then when we yeah, didn't know so anything. much more unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're wiping down your groceries and you know, you're Oh just, my God. I was like, just thinking about the toilet seat. Like, you know, like, oh my God. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, yes. you know what, as horrible as things are, at least I don't have to quarantine all my groceries in the garage right. for 24 hours anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you'd come home and like strip your clothes you know, take your silkwood shower and you just like, (laughs) (laughs) I know. So it's like, so it's like everybody was so scared and I was trying to like crack jokes and like keep people entertained on the internet because everybody's trapped at home and try to make this book funny. And so when the first reviews started coming in and they're like, it's funny. I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause man, I didn't feel funny. (laughs) No, I, I got the humor of it, but I also was like, this is special. This is a little different. different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a testament to your sense of humor and your ability to be funny that you were able to find the funny in a time when we admittedly, a lot of us did not feel funny and did not know if it was time to make jokes or if it was time to be so serious or it's the end of the world or what. Yeah. That was the other thing. I was like, can I make fun of this? Well, Right. I'm going to, <laughs> and I think it helps that I'm fo- like most of the things I'm making fun of this time in this book are myself. Like I'm, I'm not really poking fun at other people or what they're going through with their midlife crises. It's more just like, this is, you know, these are my two lopsided titties. Like I'm not going to talk about yours. <laughs> you know? so, I love the thing when you said everyone. My, one of oh, my favorite too. lines of the book was that one's longer than the other. Yes. I said longer, not larger. <laughs> Longer, longer. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome oh, to midlife. midlife. It's oh. so great. But I think uh, some of the elements are outside of even midlife. I know Missy yes. and I were talking about the what have I done conversations. Yeah, I mean, I think that does hit people at a variety of times. It's not so much a chronological midlife point. It just could be at a mid-career stage or something. And that's really what we're trying to do with this podcast is figure out the mom and dot, 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 like what's beyond that outside of our role as moms. Mm -hmm. And the word purpose is so huge and Mm -hmm. a little overwhelming at times. And you talk about it a lot in the book. And I'm just wondering if the process of writing it helped you gain some clarity on that concept of purpose. And can you share with us where you are with that big word? Yeah. I think purpose was kind of interesting to me because I think with anything sort of self-help realm, you kind of already know, like you've heard it so much that you kind of don't even understand. Like, like you said, it feels like a big word, but then when you start breaking it down, you're like, oh wait, I have purpose. Hold on. Like, you know, I don't need to cure world hunger this week. Like it doesn't need to be my purpose. Like my purpose could just be like, I entertain people during a pandemic. Like I make them laugh. Every My goal is to make you laugh at least once today, you know, and if, mm-hmm. and if I can do it by 10 AM, I can have a nap. And so, <laughs> you know, and I, I think that purpose is something that's very fluid too. I think it changes a lot. I I think a lot of people feel like they have to kind of have like one purpose and that has to be their whole life's mission. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I don't think you need just one purpose. I think you can have multiple. And, and so for me, you know, I think once I started writing, 
I started writing 10 years ago. And once I started writing at first, it was like a hobby and it was more like a, like a way to sort of, I don't know, like let out steam and, you know, be creative and that kind of thing. But then once I started developing this audience and having sort of these people relying on me to make them laugh, to entertain them, to, you know, you know, I would hear from people, they'd say, oh, I read your book while I was going through chemotherapy, or I read your book while I was, you know, dealing with some really hard stuff at work. And thank you for making me laugh. And then I realized like, that's, that's a purpose. Like that's my purpose. And that has been my purpose for a long time. And yes, I am lucky enough that I get paid to do that, but a purpose doesn't necessarily have to pay you. I think a lot of people feel like their job is their purpose. And maybe it is, especially if you, could be. you know, I mean, especially if you're someone who's like teaching children or saving lives and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think maybe it might be a little bit harder for somebody who's like, I'm a actuary, <laughs> you know, like, what is my, you know, is that my purpose? I don't know. Maybe right. like, you know, is it that has- my purpose or is that my paycheck? Right. Yeah. And so, and if it's not your purpose, then you should probably find something else. Like, and, and I think that it's, you know, purpose is just, oh, of course my phone, sorry. Purpose <laughs> is just like something that like, it, it gets you out of bed in the morning. Like, what is it that's going to get you up and get you moving? And that's where I think a lot of people, especially right now, are struggling. We have a lot of mental health problems going on right now. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm seeing it definitely like with teenagers, I have two teenagers and it's like, what gets you out of bed? What are you working on today? Cause I need you Mm -hmm. to find something to work on and to, to motivate you. And so we've, we focus on it a lot as adults, but I think even as young people, we need that. Yeah. And not even so much, well, I guess as adults, I don't know, maybe I'm an exception to the rule, but I feel like midlife has given me a lot more permission to even think about that. And it is kind of a luxury. It's a Mm -hmm, privilege to even be able to think about your purpose. It's kind of a high class problem, depending on, you know, what your economic level or your social social economic level is. Um, But I do think that there is this beautiful thing about where we are now, this no left to giveness that comes with getting Mm -hmm. close to 50. And so uh, I just wish, I wish I could give it back to my 20 year old self. What (laughs) would we have done? And I think that's a lot of it too, is that when you're kind of in your early twenties, you're sort of like wandering through and you're like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to, you know, what am I going to be? And it's like, and I'm, yeah, I want to go back now and like slap that girl and be like, do all of the things, do it all, try it all. Who cares? What if you fail? Cause like, that's the other thing I think at this age, we're not afraid to fail anymore because we failed enough at this point that we're like, we didn't die. We were fine. But back in our twenties, we worried about that. Then I think for me, at least with my thirties and early forties, motherhood was a huge part of my purpose and like making sure that I was raising like good humans and that they were alive and every day to say fed them and shit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And now like that they're teenagers. I think that's the teenage years are different though, too, because I really felt like I'd have more free time with teenagers, but I don't, which really Mm -hmm. surprised me. (laughs) And so so now I'm really looking forward to like the emptiness. Like now I see why you are ready for emptiness. Cause like when my kids were like, I remember when my oldest was five, I literally started crying. I was watching him play on the floor and I started crying and thinking like in 13 years, he's going to leave me. He's going to go to college. And now we are like, like one and a half years away. And I'm just like, can I help you pack? I thought about where you're going. I mean, he asked me today, he's like, are you going to turn my room into something? I'm like, I haven't Uh decided yet. Like we have a guest room. You're welcome to stay in the guest room when you come home. Like, I don't know yet. So, but I, I think that that's part of it too, is that like, and he's ready to go. Like, so then I feel like, okay, 
cool. It's the natural order of things. Yeah. Time to go. But I do think as you reach middle age, you do have more, not more time, but you, you have the no you have less fear of failure and you kind of have more, you know, freedom in that you have that, you have a cushion. I feel like, I feel like I have more Mm -hmm. cushion than now with, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can afford for me to fail or we can afford for me to kind of Mm -hmm. like take some weird risks or something. Yeah. And one of those risks I'm sure was writing this book, but are there any other, like with this newfound knowledge of like, I can do whatever I want. Is there anything else that you're thinking of trying? You know, I've been talking for years about writing a fiction book and and I keep saying that I was going to write this fiction book. And well, you wrote I, a young adult. Yeah, you did. I did, but I never really, I mean, but I really didn't do it justice and it needs a lot of work and it needs, you know, it was supposed to be a series and I let it go because I had other opportunities come along that paid mm. the bills more than that mm-hmm. thing did. And now I feel like, no, I'm going to just, you know, this is a huge departure. Why can't that be a huge departure? Like, I'm just going to start doing what I want to do and we'll see where it goes. I'm not mm. as... um I'm not as concerned, I guess, about my audience and what they're going to think. Cause I mean, at this point, if they're going to buy midlife bites, then they're going to probably like my fiction, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think your audience is growing with you. Yes. And there may be an audience for your fiction that isn't the same as your midlife bites. Yeah. Or there's just a little bit of overlap or it doesn't matter. Like they don't find the people. Yeah. But I'd like to write what makes me happy you know, yes. rather than, yeah. rather than do that actuarial thing where I'm just writing for the paycheck. Like I'd like mm-hmm. to write what mm-hmm. makes me, what brings me joy. Yeah. I can't and wait. Speaking of joy, I really, really connected with and loved the parts of your book about community and relationships. I think that's where a lot of our joy comes from. Mm-hmm. We need it. And mm-hmm. I think we all struggle in different ways with creating it for different reasons. And it's, for me, being a mom was really time consuming mm-hmm. and I would throw myself into groups where maybe I didn't fit, but I just was desperate for some sort of connection. And it's taken years to sort of unlearn how I was throwing myself into these groups. What have you learned? I love what you say in the book about like, go get yourself some friends, but what have you learned about <laughs> being a friend and keeping friends in this midlife phase? Yeah. Well, so soon after I wrote the blog post and it went viral, I started hearing from just, you know, emails and messages from tons and tons of women that were feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm going to create a Facebook group. Like Facebook is sort of, I have a million fans on Facebook over a bunch of different groups and pages. And, but I just thought Facebook is kind of where, unfortunately, or fortunately where middle-aged ladies hang out. I've tried moving them. (laughs) One time I got them to Google plus Google plus died and they've never forgiven me. So they won't move anymore. They're stuck on Facebook. And so, you know, it's just us and conspiracy theorists. And so, (laughs) but I thought I'm going to start this private group on Facebook and see if I can get some women to join me and we can like have some real conversations. And so right away, I mean, I think we have 28,000 women in there now, but you know, right away, I just started getting, you know, hundreds of people in there and people were a little reluctant to talk at first, but then when they did like the main topic that came up over and over again was friendships and that, how do I find friendships at this age that so many of them had relied on their kids, friends, parents to be their mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. And then they had outgrown sort of those activities and things. Mm -hmm. And the parents 
had gone with the kid. Right. And so they're just, women were just like, how do I find friends? And, and I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, cause I feel like I'm really lucky in that I have a lot of friends, but my friends all live in the computer. Like nobody really, like, I can't just go to lunch <laughs> with you guys today, you know, I like, know. I wish and I it's not the same sort of zooming. And I think that was something actually that the pandemic taught me was that, you know, I, I felt like I was like, oh, I was made for this. Like, I hate pants. I hate leaving my house. Like, I'm going to zoom the hell out of people, but it just wasn't the same sort of nope. connection. It wasn't the same mm-hmm. as looking someone in the eye and talking to them. And, you know, and there's like, we're not allowed to hug, but even like, you know, elbow bumps, you know, I just was like, it's not the same. Yeah. And so I started thinking about my own friendships and what kind of friend I am. And I am very much like a, I forget about friends. It's nothing personal, but I just kind of get I get zoned out. And like, if I don't see you, I forget to text you or I forget to talk to you. And I thought, wow, you know, my, my friends have all kind of like left me because I've left them. Like I've sort of changed too. And, you know, or, or I was really good at saying no to things. I really enjoy saying no. And, um, you know, and people would be like, you know, do you want to go bowling with us? I was like, that sounds no. terrible. No, thank you. You know, But you have fun. And then I had to sort of unpack that. I was like, why do you not want to go bowling? Why? Like, what is right. it about? Like, what don't go you bowling. like about bowling? Yeah, and I'm nice. just like, I don't know. Like, and so, so before the pandemic hit, I had made a kind of a deal, like a, like a quiet deal. I didn't put it out there on the internet or anything, but I just made a deal with myself in my head where I was like, I'm going to try to say yes to everything I'm asked mm. to. And I'm going to see if I can make some friends. And so I started, you know, I was like, do you want to go bowling? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I have my own shoes because I think the bowling <laughs> shoes are gross. That's what I decided is freaking me out. So Was I that your bowling- why? Yeah. Right. So I bought bowling shoes on, on Amazon and I take my own shoes now, you know, and now it never even occurred to me to do that. Squirt oh, hand sanitizer in the holes. Cause ugh, then oh. I get my own ball. <laughs> Which comes oh with a bag. God. I'm all about a bag. Yeah, a right. Bag. Exactly. Right. I love the accessories. Let's do this. So you now know? you look like the world's biggest bowler. Oh, I do. I because <laughs> you don't like bowling. Come in with my big old ball. And then like, I put it right in the gutter and people, you know, they're really intimidated until they see me actually go, you know, they're like, look at there. Oh, wow. Who's she? <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, oh, she yeah. can't bowl. Oh, yeah. Here it but comes. no, Here it I comes. love the idea of kind of asking that why though, because we talk a lot about boundaries mm-hmm. and saying uh-huh. yes to two many things. So when I read that chapter, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I agree with you here. (laughs) Um, Right. But I think there is, it's a different different kind of yes. And I think there's two different types of people. Cause the thing I was noticing is I would see women kind of putting themselves out. I would see this in my groups where they'd say, well, I put myself out and then, but the people would say, you know, no new friends, which how bitchy can you be at 45 years old? There's no room at my lunch table for you. Like rude, you know, Oh, I don't have the bandwidth for another friend. And on one hand, yes, I understand what you're saying, but on the other hand, geez, what the heck? Like take a chance on, on some people. And then, but the other frustrating part I felt like was though, that I had a lot of people complain to me, myself included, you know, Oh, I have no friends and I never get, I never do anything. Well, I'm sitting home by myself on a Friday night. Like, how am I going to meet anybody? Where am I going? Like, where, who is someone going to come knock on my door and literally (laughs) drag me out? Like, so that's why I had to say yes to more things because I wanted to sort of at least try it and see what would happen. And now I'm in a balance where it's yes and no. Like now I can pick and choose. Now I'm quality over quantity. Do you know what I mean? Or I really like let people know if I'm saying no, 
there's a reason like that sounds great, but unfortunately I have something else going on. Yeah. And then I try to reschedule right then, but could we do it? You know, could we go bowling next Tuesday? Okay. But now have you become an activity initiator in all of this, or are you still just a responder to other people's activities? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of a responder unless yeah. there's something I really want to, but see, I am a person though, that I am happy to go places by myself though, too. Like if it's something that I really want to do, like, yeah, you know, and so I, I would say that I am an initiator. I'm trying to do better because I think that is where I am bad. Like, and I'm lucky enough that I get invited to a lot of stuff. And so I do have that opportunity but it hasn't always been that way in my life. And so yeah. I've had to be the initiator sometimes, but if there are somebody there, if there's somebody that I want to connect with, I do it. And then I'm really good at like, kind of like, I hate when people are like, Oh, we should get together sometime. And if I really do want to get together with you, I'm like, get out your phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's figure it out right now. Let's do it right now. Cause I know you're like me. We're going to go home. We're going to forget about it for the next month and a half. And then yep. the next time we see each other, Oh, we were supposed to get together. Weren't we? Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm so guilty of the, I definitely have been guilty of saying I don't have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And when you really start to examine that, I don't think that's the case. Uh-huh. It's not that I don't have the bandwidth. It's that I'm afraid of something or mm-hmm. it feels really vulnerable to put myself out there with new people. And sometimes it feels difficult, even with old familiar people, not that they're old, right. although all my <laughs> friends are old, but uh, you know, just with the familiar, you're like, well, if I'm the one to initiate and they say no. What right. am I going to do with that? Yes. Right. And there's this having to say it's okay because they may have legit reasons for saying no. And I can't make it about me. It's yes. not, they don't want to spend time with me. It or can't if they make don't, it about- okay. Like, well, right. And if they don't, they don't. Well, and there's another part of that too, where it's like, you're, you're putting yourself out there, but yet if you don't put yourself out there, you're not going to get anybody to notice you any other way. So you kind of mm. have to, and I always kind of admired those, like every now and again, you know, you'd meet somebody like, and they would just be like, hi, I mean, I like you, you seem great. Like, let's yeah. go hang out. You know, you're just like, Oh, <laughs> and come meet my other friends and their connectors. Yeah. And, yeah. and I always say that, like, I need like an extroverted person to drag me out. And then yeah. maybe then I'll kind of be more friendly, but, and then I think the other thing too, is that for me personally, I always have like a sense of dread. Like I'm always thinking that like, Oh, bowling is going to be terrible. Like I'm going to get there. I'm going to suck at it. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to not want to do it. But then I go. And as long as you're with good people, you have fun. It doesn't matter what the hell. And then I forget, like I come home and I'm like, Oh, that was fun. That That was stupid of me to like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a form of fear or just my general like disdain for life, but (laughs) this is my personality to a T. I feel like we are cut from the same piece of that cloth because it does not matter what it is I'm going to do. It doesn't matter how excited I was when I planned it or bought the ticket or agreed to it or whatever it was. There will come a moment in the day or days leading up to it when I'm like, oh, this is bad ideas, bad idea. I yeah. shouldn't go. Why like, was I, I don't thinking? Know what I don't even want to do this. I don't have it's any clothes. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's gonna rain Yeah. For me, remind it's me not to like, invite oh. you to anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but just, then I just know, Suzanne, if we show up, like it was huge. Like we overcame right. so many things. Like to get I there. overcome like, a that's lot. The thing. Like we really like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh and every time I do anything anything 
I come home and think I'm glad I did that. If only for, you know, maybe something that maybe it didn't go well, but I'll be glad I got out and did it for one, at least one reason. I mean, the Uh, only thing I can think of that I would not enjoy going on would be like a marathon or something like that. Like, (laughs) you know, if someone was like, Jen, would you like to join? Like I have a good friend who she runs triathlons and she's like, oh, uh, we could put together a team and, you know, you could, she's like, are you a good swimmer? And I'm like, I mean, I don't drown, but no, <laughs> like, no, I'm like, that, that sounds terrible. I was like, no, yes. <laughs> I'm like too bad. My year of yes is over. You know? well, that's part of being in midlife and like knowing yourself yes. and you try a bunch of things and you know, you don't want to do that, but yeah. you can find something else to do with that friend. Oh yes. gosh. Yes. Like, but I'll cheer you on. <laughs> I love that you still have a chapter dedicated to saying yes to things, mm-hmm. but then with that caveat of, you know, if it is something you want to say no to or yes to be why, like, why am I right. doing this? Yeah. Acknowledge yeah. it at least own it. Yeah. And, and understand why you're making that choice. I love it. Oh, those are, there's so many great lessons. I mean, we could go oh on and on about every single chapter, yes. but I mean, oh. the purpose, the friendships, all the things and every about midlife. chapter ends with like a special gen take. Yes. Yeah. Them? It's so funny. Yeah. Those gen gems. gems, gems, yeah. gems. And they're all great. Oh, thank you. Well, it, it's so funny because the other night I had an event here in Kansas city and we were talking about kind of, there were some writers in the group and they were asking me like, how do you balance with your editor when she wants you to do something that you don't want to do or, you know, vice versa. And I was like, so Jen's gems, I didn't want to do Jen's gems. Like I didn't, I I didn't like it. Like I was like, and I had (laughs) named them. I think I named them bites or bite bite something with bites and she didn't mm-hmm. get it. Cause I was like, like, they're like nibbles. Like they're like, bites, yes. you know, and yeah. she was like, Oh, I did not get that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Hmm. So we came up with Jen's gems. Cause I like alliteration. So I was like, Jen's <laughs> gems, but I was like, these are so silly. It's like TLDR. I didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when I said this in the group though, like everybody was like, Oh, I love the gems. And I was yes. like, see, and this is why you have an editor. Cause they know these things. Cause, cause yeah. I just did not think that that was at all interesting or fun like no, yeah, that's the part i, I love skip. the gems that's no the lisa stromberg's uh work pause thrive book has those yeah. too just like yep. and they're not even necessarily at the end of it. sometimes they're in the middle of the chapter or whatever yep. but i just love it's it it's fun. just like this is what i want you to know yes. <laughs> like if you get yes. nothing else <laughs> do this yeah. mm-hmm. and i was like i can't yeah. reward them for being lazy and not reading <laughs> 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 read it damn it oh okay so we're about ready to go into the look listen learn segment yes. but i'm trying to think did we miss anything missy is there anything else we need well to cover? we're obviously people can find the book now and buy it yes um anywhere that they buy books they can anywhere that you copy. buy books or your library should have it and if they don't they can easily order it for you yes I and then what libraries. about events and places they can see you I know. I don't know. So I'm going to Las Vegas this week. I decided to do a destination book signing my first yeah. like. So in the past, Suzanne knows this because she's hosted me before, but I used to travel around and I've literally like, I think we did a pizza place. Yes. In we did Kristen Austin. Shaw's Kristen's pizza place. Pizza place. Yes. Yeah. We did Kristen's pizza place. I've done, you know, hole in the wall bars. I've done libraries, like people's living rooms. Like I went on this whole, like, you know, suitcase book tour a few years ago and it was a blast. It was so much fun. And then uh, COVID hit. And so 
I decided that I'd do like one party and I was like, I'll do Las Vegas because people will like to come to Las Vegas and then they can see me and, and they can actually go like have fun in Las Vegas too. And so that's on Saturday. So you can still get to Vegas. I still have a few more spots. I limited it due to COVID, but I still have yeah, a few yeah. spots. So I expect to see you guys there. If you leave now, <laughs> if you start driving we'll now, get there in time. make it. It's pretty close <laughs> to Texas. Yeah, no problem. So, um, and then I don't know, I'm hoping... I had two other events, uh, in-person events here in Kansas city that were postponed due to Omicron. Um, I'm hoping that when I get back though, like they're saying that it's going to like, you know, dip again. And so maybe I can get out before spring break hits again. And then we have another spike, but I would love to kind of do my, my suitcase book tour again. I really enjoyed that where I just kind of hooked up with my readers in different cities and we had a blast and, um, I don't know. So I guess follow my website, genmanwrites.com. And as we get closer, you know, I will let you know when things are happening. And if you want to host me, let me know. Let's, let's set it up. If you have yeah. a spot for me, let's do it. Very fun. You should definitely come to Austin. I know. I definitely want to get back to Austin. Austin was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun in Austin and I did one in Dallas. I had fun in Dallas. So yeah, I, I, in Texas is always good. And it's an easy to me. I was like, I have to be able to fly on Southwest because I need to check two bags for free. <laughs> one bag is clothes and shoes and one bag is one books. Is books. Yes. <laughs> and then I just, and then I get my little rental car and I just drive all over the state and I stop in and see everybody. And it's, yeah. but I had so much fun and I really would love to get back to that again. Yeah. It's oh, an easy yeah. direct flight from Kansas city to Dallas. Yeah. 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 And you had people for the Austin event, people drove up from San Antonio, like they came from all over. So yeah, Texas is a big state. It's nice to have two events here. Yes. Well, shoot. I mean, aren't you like another, like, I don't know, six hours from Dallas or something like you guys are far from Dallas. It's about a three hour drive. Like three. Oh, is it that far? Yeah. Yeah, I went up. I should say. Oh, oh. I should give MK a shout out. Uh, holy hot mess. See, yeah, I put all my books back here because I always end up turning around and going away from the microphone. So I was like, any book I'm going to talk about is right behind me today and I can just grab it. But now I'm wrong yeah, because yeah, I went yeah. up to Dallas for uh, Mary Catherine, MK Backstrom as Holy Hot Mess. That's uh, such a good book. book I blurred that one. That was a good book. Yeah, that was fun. So I went yeah. and hung out with her at that and it was her first event. So just trying to keep her keep her for going cuckoo as she's getting ready for that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it's about a three hour drive. Okay. So it's closer than I thought it just yeah, feels like bad. a freaking day's drive, but yeah. Um, well, and it's a long, you know, it's I 35 and it's a nightmare at times, but yeah. Right. So I don't know. So, but yeah, hopefully if the Omicron, when I get back from Vegas, I'll do my quarantine. And then if I'm healthy and the numbers are coming <laughs> down, I'm getting on the road. Yay. I'm going out. Awesome. We will host you. You're officially hosted. We'll post everywhere. Thank you. All right. So let's jump in. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We are so happy you're here. The Look, Listen, Learn segment is a time when we just talk about some of the stuff that we've been either watching, reading, listening to podcast music, or learning about. It could be an amazing class you're taking or a new shampoo you have found. So it's just an opportunity to add some of those must-dos to your list in case you're feeling yourself getting stuck in a rut on Netflix or uh, the books you're reading and stuff. So we never like to put our guests in the hot seat first. So we'll start out with Missy. Um, Have you been look, listen, learning anything? I have a look, a listen, and a learn this week. I always feel like that's a big week because some weeks I'm like, well, I didn't learn anything. (laughs) Um, So uh, I am, well, this is sort of a look. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't learn anything for a full 18 months, really. But I'm trying to wash your groceries. (laughs) Yeah, and then learned I didn't have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this is a book, but I'm actually listening to it. So it's kind of a look and a listen. But I am listening to The House in the Cerulean Sea. It's a YA book. Oh, I see your face. Did you read it? Yes. Yeah. And it is not my normal fare. And it was recommended in a list of books where it was a mix of like every kind of book. They weren't mm-hmm. all YA. They weren't, it was all just jumbled in and she did not specify like this one's YA or this one's like this. It was just like, these are books that are Everyone amazing. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read it. And, um, I highly recommend listening to it because it just brings these little weird characters to life, but it's about an orphanage for magical children, but it has a ton of parallels to our current world. And it's a really beautiful story about loving people as they are, where they are and treating them as equals and people, not weirdos. And the care, some of the characters are adorably funny and some of them are adorably scary. <laughs> and so I highly recommend it. It's the house in the Cerulean sea. And I think the author is TJ Clune. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. write it down. So is I, it a uh, YA book or a- it, is. it is okay. It's YA. It's got a, um, an LGBTQ storyline as well. And it's just adorable. I mean, it's, and it's a great one to share with your teens. Like, yes, like I'd heard about it on, on the TikTok, and, uh, <laughs> I picked it up from, the, from the TikTok table at Barnes and Noble. And, um, and then I shared it with my teenager and she mm-hmm. read it too. And we both just really enjoyed it. It's a great one. So if you have any sort of like, you know, book club that you do with like all ages or something, be a great yeah. one. Okay. It's a great good. one. Yes. Okay. And it's right very, now. um, like I have a couple kids who love magic and that kind of weirdness. <laughs> like yeah. They love that kind of stuff. I have one who's really into world building and stuff. And so anyway, I think it appeals to those kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one child who says, why would you ever read a book about a regular person in a regular world? Like we live oh, that every day. You know, he just awesome. wants to read about things that are that's, out there. Yeah. So I highly, highly recommend it. It's not my normal stuff, but I loved it. Um, my listen, which is also kind of a look, I'm all all over the place you today. You are. Um, is Kathleen Madigan. Do you all know who Kathleen Madigan yeah. is? Mm-hmm. She's a Midwesterner. She's a comedian and she's from a huge family. And so her family stuff is really funny. And I had to drive a ton this weekend for swim meets. I did like four different legs. I was all over the state and my son and I listened to Kathleen Madigan on our way home from a swim meet yesterday and just laughed, laughed and laughed. I just think she's funny and I love her delivery and we've, I've seen her live. I think she's worth seeing live for sure, but I highly recommend Googling her and listening. The one we listened to yesterday was bothering Jesus. Um, And it's really, really funny. Um, Okay. We need to check that one out. Zoe loves to listen to comedians. Oh, who's good. John, oh, John who's the one list. who just had the baby? John Mulaney. John Mulaney. She She's listens awesome. to that. No matter where we go, she just listens to John Mulaney over and over. She probably has it memorized. <laughs> I love John Mulaney. So funny. Kathleen's very different than John, but mm-hmm. very, very funny. Um, and my learn, I think I've talked about this before, but I just want to remind everybody, go get your skin checked. Do it more than once a year if you have to. If you are one of the invisible people like I am. You may need to go more than once a year, but I had, I'm showing it on the camera. I had a couple biopsies right near my ear, kind of in that place where, um, when I'm driving, the sun beats in. Oh, and, never thought and, of that. Yeah. It's like this side of my face is definitely gets more, even though now I'm really good about my sunscreen. Yeah. 
I was not always. Now I take care, but this is old stuff popping up. So I actually went in to have this one closer to my ear looked at. And then she's like, I don't like this spot next to it. And turns out the one closer to my ear was nothing but some weird age bump. And the one in front of it that she didn't like was precancerous. So I'm going to go get that taken care of. But it was a reminder that the, even the little things like this one that I would have thought was nothing. Hmm. Is if it's different and it shows up and you haven't seen it before, go have yeah. someone who went to school for that. Okay. Uh, I'm due for it. a check. Yeah. Okay. Schedule it, get it done. Of course they're scheduling like three years in advance because <laughs> they have no people working. <laughs> so yeah. call now and get I'm on better. their schedule. Uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about everything. Yeah. I need to get yeah. ahead of it. Yeah. All right, Jen, I see that you were drinking some water and muting. Are you okay? Do you have a tickle? Are you yes. coughing? I'm coughing. I have okay. a coughing attack over here, but I'm I good. can go, I can go into mine if you need some more time to cough. No, it's okay. You're okay. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. It's your turn. Oh, so okay. So, um, when I'm watching is, so I'm, I've been watching, I feel like, you know, since 2020, I've watched everything on Netflix. Like I don't, yes. we don't have cable. So it's all I have is like Netflix and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much reached the end of TikTok this week. So now I'm starting to watch like Korean. I watched a Korean reality show. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm obsessed with like, I don't know, just, it's so interesting, like from a cultural point of view, because so it's a dating show where they're on an Island. They're like, it's called like singles Inferno, which Whoa. there's no Inferno. Like I'm so used to like the bachelor, you know, where he's like making out with eight girls at once in the hot tub, you know? And on these shows, it's like, may I touch your hand? So it's like, they call it singles Inferno, but it, there's no heat. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> like, there's absolutely no heat. And so they're just sort of like, you know, I admire you greatly. You know, it's almost like watching like a Jane Austen book, but like, in, but like everybody's wearing like modern day clothing and it's really mm-hmm. cute and so maybe inferno just doesn't like translate appropriately maybe it just it, means sitting politely right just you know <laughs> respectfully talking to one another you know? like, and so they're on like a deserted island and then they have to connect with one another and then they can go to like a paradise hotel which again like I'm so used to like the paradise suite meaning like we're gonna get it on you know I'm yeah. like fade to black kind of thing and they get to the paradise suite and all they do is eat like they're so excited to like eat food and like talk and that's when they can first ask like personal questions like how old are you and what do you do for a job and And so it's just the sweetest, most innocent thing. And I really enjoyed it. So I just finished it last night. I'm really sad. So I need another (laughs) new. And then they always have these hosts because I also watched this Japanese one where they live. It's almost like real world. They live in a house together and they all like do stuff, but they always have these um, hosts that come on in between and they sort of like interpret and they're like, oh, did you see that? Like they were almost holding hands there. You know, (laughs) I think something's heating up and, you know, and you're just like, oh my, they're 30. Like, so like newscasters doing that or does some human come into the room where the people are no it's like a studio like, they'd oh, be, like okay. they'll cut to the studio and they'll <laughs> okay. be like what do you guys and they'll be like what do you think is gonna happen like how's it gonna go next I and and so it's really fun and they're almost always one of them's like a comedian so there's always like someone cracking jokes or whatever so i really have enjoyed uh the japanese and the korean reality shows on netflix i really correct <laughs> that's amazing if you're, if you're okay. out of to my list yeah, because we're almost done with the Sopranos. So oh, yeah, yeah, I was ready to start Game of Thrones over. I was like, I don't know what else to do at this point. So, I know. We're rewatching everything. Wise, uh, as I said before, I've joined the TikTok, and so I 
have started following my algorithm. First, it was showing me like lesbians making bread, which was really yes. fun to watch. Yes. I enjoyed that great. a yes. lot. Like they can need a loaf of bread like nobody else. But then I got into like book talk, which was cute. And that's where I found like the Cerulean Sea and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that was real cute. But now I'm in like smut talk and, oh. um, and I'm not leaving. And I don't <laughs> normally read that. It's the genre. inferno. There's your inferno. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I don't normally read that, but I'm so impressed by like, I mean, there's like a woman right now who just this week, and I wish I could remember her name, but I'm going to read her book next, but she, she, it's a two-year-old book that, you know, she self-published it two years ago, but TikTok got a hold of it and they put it to number one over the weekend. And, wow. you know, and I just love these kinds of stories. I love yes. like from a writer's side, from a business side, you know, so now like I'm watching. So there was the first one that I saw this happen to was Ruby Dixon's book, which was the Ice Planet Barbarians mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, women are stranded on a deserted ice planet, but ravaged by hot aliens. Um <laughs> So and I was like, sounds plausible. So I'm I need to read that. Yeah, I'm deep into that series. I think we see your next genre of uh, books you want to write. Well, I keep saying that, that I'm going to write, you know, this is all research um, because I'm going to definitely write some sort of like, I have to, but I'm going to have to write it under like a pseudonym. And yes, I know because I wouldn't want my mom to read it. But no, you told me that you told me that the very first time we ever met, like five years ago, we were talking about. We're, no, we're, oh. we're see, we were talking. We met Jen, over I can't love, wait to write smut. Uh, for Hugh Howie and Wool. Yeah. And so, but you were like, you know what really sells? Romance. It does. <laughs> it does. It's it crazy. sells the crap out of I mean, those books just those, fly off the shelf. Those writers are so, and they're so smart the way they do it. Because I remember with Ruby Dixon with the Ice Planet Barbarians, like that one caught fire on TikTok. And I immediately went to her, you know, Amazon and Apple pages and stuff. And she was so smart. Like she dropped the price and was like, here you go folks for, you know, less than three bucks. And I was like, bye, bye, bye. Like I bought it all. Cause I was like, okay, yeah. from, you know, cause if I'd gone there and it was $15, I would have been like, mm, do yeah. I like, do I like horny aliens that much? I don't know. I've never tried one. You <laughs> but know? for $3.99, I'll give horny aliens. Yeah, I want to try. check out right? the horny aliens. <laughs> so I just, I think they're so smart and they just yeah. really understand and they know their audience because oh, yeah. I'm not their audience because I read it and I'm, I blush, but I'm just sort of like, damn, you really, if you think I went there, you should see what <laughs> you, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And I do think romance writers are some of the smartest, savviest, uh, Serena Bowen, who yes. is now yeah. on the hashtag am writing podcast. She used to just kind of pop in every once in a while, but now she's there quite a bit. Yeah. Um, she's a permanent host. Uh, she's so smart. And yes. they would usually bring her on to be like, okay, tell me like the 10 things I need to know about self-publishing or the algorithms of the Amazon search engine. Yeah. And all those yep. yeah. Amazing. Everything that I she I mean, knows. if you are interested in self-publishing in any genre, you should befriend a bunch of them and watch them all and how they do it because mm-hmm. they are always, and they always have their finger on the pulse of like whatever's next, like wherever we should be next, they're already there and they've yes. been there for a while. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I've never read a romance, but I, sh- I need to try one. I need to try one, but no, I've never, such, I mean, I know, read 50 shades. 
Well, I just I wanted say, to know okay, what everyone so was talking 50, about. I don't think Fifty Shades is actually a really good example. Now that now that I've become a connoisseur, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I I mean, I think Fifty Shades was like a really good like entry point for a lot of us who had never read romance or mm. erotica before. But now that I'm really reading like what the real erotica people True want romance. you to read, yeah, um, Fifty Shades is like you know, it's barely uh, Inferno Island. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tepid. <laughs> I mean, like if you're, you know, cause that was the thing I was like, I, w- I was just talking to my husband the other day cause we were brainstorming about my smut book that I'm going to write. And I said, well, if they're not having sex by page two, I don't understand why I'm there. What am I doing there? Like oh we need God. to be, get to the action. So <laughs> I feel like I am the Inferno Island of like, <clears throat> may I touch your knee? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of my comfort zone. I'm gonna say yes to horny aliens. Horny aliens, yeah. Just say yes. Okay, well, my look list up again. Yeah, my look list and learns are gonna look very PG now. Um, (laughs) Let's see. So my look. I'm so proud of myself. I read a book like with my face instead of listening to it. I'll listen to three books a week, but I actually read, read, as you can see behind me in my featured <laughs> books here, uh, Midnight so Library. That which one's was so good. So good, which was a look, listen, learn of Missy's, I think like months and months ago. And I finally got mm-hmm. around to reading it. But I just love any book that's like a sliding doors or like, me too. what are these alternate lives I could have had if mm-hmm. I would have made this different choice uh, yeah. along the way? And I, the one thing I was, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything you guys can tell me and I'll edit it out if I am, but the event that starts it all off is a suicide attempt, Mm -hmm. which I found that like really potentially triggering. And I found it a little like, uh, not glamorizing it, but like, Ooh, what a fun thing to happen because I tried to commit suicide. So that I was like, I don't like that. That being I hadn't thought of it like that. I don't like right. I guess I didn't. I yeah. Well, and Matt Haig, you know, the author, he is someone who has dealt a lot with his own sort of Mm -hmm. demons and depression, and like he has the whole new what is it, the comfort book? Is that what his new one is? Like I think it is. Um, so I'm I'm sure I don't know him personally, but he probably had sensitivity readers and stuff then. But to me, I was just like, oh, I was like, I I feel like I'm almost wanted to give a trigger warning before I talked about it in the sense of just like, I mean, I don't not that it glamorizes it, but I just love, 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 love the book, though. I don't want to put anybody away from it. But just if that is a concern there, something to know, just good to know, be aware of that. And yeah, I was so proud of myself for actually reading a book book. (laughs) I I read a lot of nonfiction book books Yes, uh, Uh for research and all that kind of stuff. But for fiction, I usually do audio. But oh, the other most exciting thing, The Amazing Race is back which is our family viewing um we have watched in the kids even yesterday they're like it's season 34 so i can't even remember and wow. they're like they're like have we seriously watched all 34 seasons i think they were mentally doing the math of how many yeah, hours like how is that even possible we have yeah. spent together on the couch watching all these uh but i mean our kids have had amazing race themed birthday parties we take our amazing race very seriously around here and so this is their pandemic not episode, but their series, series, I guess, season. Um, Because the first episode was everything's normal. They're running around London, kissing people, hugging people, going on whatever's. And I think it's after the third, it's the third leg 
where everything gets locked down. Oh, yeah. So we're I watching like watch in real time, every time they like kiss someone or hug someone or go through an airport, we're like, you just gave them a COVID. Like, <laughs> just like, now we know who patient zero was. I it know. Was the amazing, amazing race. race. It's the amazing race. But yeah, I guess, spread it. I guess then they paused for like a year, same contestants, and then they start back up with a lot of precautions in place. They have private jets instead of, you know, the usually having to run to the airport and all that kind of stuff and get tickets. So I'm really curious to see, you know, just from a production standpoint, how they actually deal with that. So I'm really fascinated. But it also is just kind of fun to see this. It's kind of like when you're driving down the road and like you see an accident and it's backed up for miles and then you see the cars just kind of coming and they don't know what they're about to hit. Yeah. I feel like that's what I'm watching. Are these people driving up? And I'm like, turn around now. <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> stuck. Well, and then like, I, that's interesting that they did it that way with like private jets and stuff. It's a good thing. It's the 34 season. They have that kind of money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know yeah, when they, always actually... the fun is like, they're always like, you know, there's four different flights they could take, you know, if they take yeah, the right. first flight, they get in three hours before everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an interview now. with Phil where he said that they still make <laughs> it hard. And now the hardest thing is probably the driving. Cause they're, yeah. I don't think they're using any public transportation okay. and they can't use cabs and stuff. Yeah. So. They had to drive themselves. Yeah, and all those ding dongs. Like, who goes on the Amazing Race after thirty four seasons and is like, I don't know how to drive a stick shift. Like, no, that's what we would always say. Like, I would practice driving all kinds of cars. I would practice driving on the wrong side of the road. I would practice everything. Well, that's like Survivor because like we are into Survivor in this household. Oh yes, and I'm always amazed at the people who go on Survivor. And one didn't bulk up and put on forty pounds of fat before they got there. Because hello, like let's let's live on that for a while like i'm yes. like i would live forever out there and then <laughs> who can't swim who yes. can't swim like yeah. you're on what you can't swim you know you're just, gonna like, stand on something tall and fall into the water at some point that too like, who, like let's practice let's let's yes. work yeah. on these things serious like, immersion yeah. therapy for y'all before you go on there but yeah yeah so i'm so excited i'm so excited to see what they do with the amazing race is but... this the one who are the internet people who make the videos oh, are they on the... it Holgrens or the Holderness, Holderness, Holderness. Yeah, it's so funny because everybody on this season has some type of internet fame touch oh. point. Either they something went viral about them or whatever, and some of them are kind of nice, like people saved people's lives, or you know they stopped oh. a terrorist attack and that went wow. viral or whatever. But yeah. after like the third introduction, my husband was like. I am not going to like this season. <laughs> so, yeah, we're waiting for, we're going to be rooting for certain Is Chewbacca lady on there? And, no, no. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, poor Chewbacca lady. She didn't. She didn't capitalize. I know. It didn't roll. <laughs> if you viral, you got to go, girl. You got to get on it, girly. Yeah. Speaking of getting to go, girl, we got yeah, we our next go. interview coming up back to back here. We're going to be talking with here. We'll, we'll preview it because she's going to be the week after you. Jill Smokler, uh, scary mommy. Yeah. So yeah, we've got to go down some food before we talk to Jill so we don't pass out some fluids. and get some fluids. <laughs> and I know you probably have like 10 more interviews lined up. So. Say, I'm just getting my, my thing set up over here. I've got one coming up in about 15 minutes that I got to get on. Uh, so yeah. You also need to pee and get fluids. Yes, go pee, get fluids, eat I've some I've got food. my fluids. I'm good to go. It's more just peeing. So All right. I'm Amazon worker. I've got an empty cup around here somewhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go pee so you're ready for your thing. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but we are so... Okay, everybody hold up your books again. I'm getting mine from the back row here. Midlife Bites. Go check it out. And if 
If you've read anything by Jen Mann before, you're going to love it. If you have never read anything by Jen Mann before, you are going to love it. You're going to love it. Even though it goes deep, it's vulnerable, it still has the Jen Mann that you know and love and that gets you through life with a little bit of humor. Yeah. So, and, a, yes. and a menopause a menopause hack that... Uh, Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. No, I, know. I don't want to talk about it. I want to tell people just go find it. Okay, that's the teaser. That's... And then let us know if you try it. Right. <laughs> the sensational part of that book is, uh, yeah, it's a great hack. So read it and tell me if you like it. Yeah, that's going to be our Easter egg. Everybody has to let us know if you saw it. All right. That's not well... in the gems. <laughs> it is a gem, though. It is a gem. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you so thank you much, guys. Jen. It's always this so fun chatting fun. with here. you. And congratulations on the success already. Yes. One week in and you're already thank kicking you. butt. Awesome. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Take Bye. Care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com. That's momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group, to all of our socials, to our Q&A comment section on our website, all can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.